we have led a church every stage from 10 people, 20, 50, 100. So I've led every size of church now. <laughs> and um, uh, the principles are all the same. And it's working out at what point you're at, what's the blockage that's stopping me get to the next stage? Why, why haven't we grown for 12 months? You've got to get away and spend two days fighting that question and asking and, and pressing in and not settling for the simple answer, not settling for the, oh, it's because this is a hard area. You, just, you cannot let that be the answer. Um, and it is the case that some areas are harder than others. <laughs> but it is also the case some leaders will do it much better than you would. What would they do? What is it therefore I could do? You've got to keep, you've got to keep pressing in. And, um, and every stage you move through, when it's church is small and it's just you and your wife, it's leading yourself, leading your wife. <laughs> you know, when it's 15 people, it's leading yourself, leading the 15. Very soon, 20, 30, 40, 50 you are now moving into, if you cannot transition from leading yourself, leading others, leading others who will lead others, if you can't get to that third stage, you won't get past 100. So you've got to learn these principles and skills. And it means stepping back. It means stepping back all the time. Um, let, let me just, uh, practical, let me give this to you. Uh, what, what we did early on, when it was smaller, we're trying to work this out and, and uh, moving in these directions as it's bigger, but early on we listed every name. And we went through roles and we asked the questions, who amongst these 50, 100, 150 has the slightest potential to lead other people? Okay, Either because of spiritual passion or because of leadership skill. Now, we weren't asking the question, who could we go and ask tomorrow to step up to leadership? No, no, we were asking the question, who has got the slightest potential, either within a year, two years, three years, that kind of horizon? Who's got the potential for leadership in that kind of horizon? And once we identified out of the 100 people, the 15 who had potential, we now knew where to say yes to. So here's the 15 we've got to invest time in because they're the, they're the process by which we all expand and multiply our ministries. And I'll be able to shift from shepherd to rancher. And they're the ones we invested time in. And I said no to lots of people. There were lots of people who came and burnt out and fell apart and I had to watch them die by the side of the road and say no. Because I knew that if I kept saying yes to them, I would never get to the 15 and the leadership development they needed. And so we would be in the same place we're in now with no resource. So why is it that we've been able to grow the resource so that we're now in a place where we've got lots more resource? Um, God's grace, he gives the growth uh, in the answer, answer to prayers of many hundreds of people over many years. And... He has given us the ability to say no lots to things and say yes to the right things in many cases. Um, so we have developed the leadership. So do the triage. Who, who has got the slightest potential to lead others? Get your names, either because of spiritual passion or leadership skill. Out of that group, who could get there the quickest? Here's your triage, whether that's a year or whatever. And then what do you need to do to get them there? Either to the person who's skilled but in, immature, how, do you, how will you get them spiritually matured? Or the person who's spiritually mature but lacking skill, how will you get them skilled up? So you, you, you see the things you do? I identify who are, the ones I need to, who are the ones I could work with. Out of that, who's the quickest I could get there? And then what are their particular personal issues I need to deal with to get them there? 
just disciplined thought, working it through, being deliberate. And work, it, work on a clear vision for them. Prioritise your week. Manage yourself. Lead yourself. Work out how to spend my time in my week to I, so that I get to that task. Work out what I'm asking them to do, what exactly I want them to do, and set up proper management processes. Do it. So I, I, I think I now spend my life with leaders in our church doing this very thing. You're telling me you've got no resource. Yeah, man, the job's too big. Well, what are you going to do to fix it? Well, if we employed another person, we'd... No, 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 that's not the answer. <laughs> Where's... We need to find a person. What can you carve off? What can you free yourself up from? Let's start identifying who could. And it takes time. And you begin to develop those leaderships. And over time, you get there. Um, and then you develop the resource. You build the teams, yeah. There's, there's the fourth leadership skill, the leadership of strategy. So that's exactly the question I've wrestled with over all these years is how much there are times when you do need to step in and stop the person crashing and burning. When do you say yes and when do you say no? And how do you maintain the priority of leadership development and resource development to actually reach more people that we're not reaching? So you've got the question of do I keep being absorbed and sucked into dealing with the people I've got now, well, if you do, you're saying yes to them and no to the 300,000 out there. So I, that's always been in my head that if, if I let your pastoral problem absorb my life by saying yes to you, I'm saying no to 300,000 people. Now, there, there, is the, there is the challenge for leadership is to, is to manage those tensions and not set hard and fast rules, have some flexibility in that, but be aware that you want to be a certain place in five years' time to reach them and the 300,000, and you won't get there if you let them absorb you, and that's, there are the big challenges in ministry. And I think we've... Um, um, yeah, there's no simple answer. And I think to genuinely and deeply and truly have in your heart, it is out of my care for you that I'm saying no to you because of the desire to get help to you eventually that will be better than I could ever give you. Let, let me touch on lead, lead strategy. Um, uh, this is the big challenge. Now, we are the stewards of the resources that are under our care and one of the big resources is time and that time is limited. What time am I meant to finish here? I'm sorry. It's 3.30 we go to, don't we? Okay, so we'll take a break and then we'll, we'll go to time. Um, We've, time is a, is a fixed resource and the people that God has already given us are at the present a fixed resource. Uh, I've personally got 60, 70 hours and 300,000 people. How am I going to use my 60, 70 hours? How am I going to apportion it to reach the 300,000? Not how am I going to apportion it so that these 50, 60, 100 people are happy? There's a difference, isn't it? My task is not the chaplain to this group of people. My task is the leader of the mission to the 300,000 people. Um, and so how am I going to apportion my limited resource to reach them? Uh, if I'm going to be able to reach them, I have to think strategy. I have to think like a rancher. Um, I cannot just say yes to everything that comes across my desk. This is where the battle begins. Um, it, it, it is the constant process of knowing where I need to get to analysing where I'm at at present and determining with the Bible in my hand what needs to happen to get there and lead the people then in that strategy. And um, 
Let me, one of the examples I'd give you is uh, fairly, fairly simple. We worked out a strategy early on that we wanted to build a big combine harvester and not just have a group of people hand-picking. Now, um, there's a little bit crass, isn't it? But uh, we wanted to have... We wanted to plough the whole field. <laughs> and, um, and so we identified that there was a process people go through and we teased out that process. Now, we picked up the saddleback thing within that and we've, we've tweaked and worked that over quite a fair bit now, so it's, it's, it's not unrecognisable, but it's, we've changed it somewhat. We've, quite helpfully, they keep saying, you've got to recognise there's a process People come to faith, they need to be connected into church, they need to be matured in the word and prayer, they need to be helped into ministry, they need to then be stepped up to be missioners with you. There's a process people move through. And if you haven't identified the process, it's very likely you are not working the process. And so having identified the process helped us work out where to work the process. And, and I set myself from the very beginning to build resource to work that process. And I prioritised the process. I worked out that the engine, the resource that will make all of this thing happen is the maturing of believers. That's a simple one, isn't it? And so I worked out that I've got to resource the maturing of believers. And then ministry training alongside mission and incorporation. Do you see how I started to kind of prioritise and work resource? Now, I've got to tell you, I've flipped a little bit in the last two years, my strategic resourcing has shifted significantly. But it's because we're in a different place. But every year we analyse it, we think, we look for blockages, we think, you know, what is... We're getting lots of people coming in. Uh, why aren't we getting that many people coming into our growth group structure? Because we're not incorporating. So we then upped the resource in incorporation and invested more in recruitment, leadership, development and so on. So I then swung my time allocation to that to get that part of it fixed up, do you see? Um, but th that's been the whole thing for us is managing this prioritising. I build my diary around those sets of priorities and I'm able then to say quite clearly to people when they ask me to do things, I can't do that because I've already committed that chunk of time to do something else. Uh, my diary's already worked out. And I would encourage you, and I want to, I'm rushing here to stop, but if you want to come back and chew on this a little bit more, um, I'd encourage you to, to get two sheets of paper. On one piece of paper, um, uh, what, what are the things stopping the work moving forward? List them all out. Analyse them together with your team or whoever you've got. What's stopping us get ahead? Then on the other sheet of paper, write down where you'd love to see the church be in five years' time. What do you want to see it look like? What do you want it to be in five years' time? Um, now, stretch, five years' time, the, the adage is you, you overestimate what you can do in one year and underestimate what you can do in five. And I found that to be very true. Um, where do you want it to be? So you've got the two things. What's stopping us getting where we want to be? Where do we want to be? What do we want to look like in five years' time? And then say, well, if I want to get there, what have I got to do? What things steps do I take to get it there? What are the strategic priorities to get me there? What are the things in the blockages that I need to actually work on as a priority to get me there? And now you're actually developing a strategic process, do you see? 
Now, how many churches do that? How many of us rather are just getting up week by week, preparing a sermon, preaching, sharing problems and answering emails? You've got to, you've got to reverse engineer from where you want to be. Step, step, step and prioritise back to where you want to be. Um, I'll give you one example in our context. Um, we realised... Now, this is not... I'm sorry, this is an example for a mid-sized church. We worked out that if we were going to get some sort of from the three, four hundreds up, we needed to... We needed to up our ability to recruit into ministry and train significantly. Because what had been happening was that the only way you could get into ministry in our church was if a minister knew you or a pastor knew you. Three, four hundred, not, it's very hard to know everyone in that kind of context. So we needed to change this and fix this. And I dreamed of what we could long to see, took it with our leadership and we talked out what could be, what we wanted to be. And we dreamed of a flow of people joining us, being mentored into place and being walked along personally into ministries because that personal dimension of church is very important to us. How do we get to that point? Well, I worked out we'd never get there unless someone gave the time to actually work out what's stopping us be there, uh, what we need to do to get us there and put some energy and resource into it and build a team to make it happen. And I thought, what's stopping us doing that? Well, I haven't got the time to do it. That's what's stopping us. We need someone to have the time to do it. Who's going to have the time to do it? Well, we need to find someone. Do you see I'm working through the process? Who can I find? The best people are the senior staff, but all the senior staff are occupied in other positions. But if we don't get this fixed, we're dead in the water. So let's talk about the senior staff, about whether we can shift responsibilities there and get someone doing that task for a couple of years. And we went through that process, identified the person, got him in the job, and now the thing is working. See, that's a fruit of having sought to think strategically.